Hey, all. Welcome to Obsessed. This is Jules, and today we are speaking to a thought leader on how to build bridges in our communities, in our nation. And she literally just came out of nowhere and is taking her message to Washington. Tamara Johnson Sheely is a ray of sunshine. And when she became determined to change the world, she did it. She just did it. So enjoy the conversation we have with Tamara and get obsessed with your life. Hey guys, welcome to Obsessed. Think of us as your personal development entourage, all wrapped up into one podcast. If you're committed to your personal development and believe your life is meant for more, then get ready to learn the tools you need to elevate this experience called life. Get obsessed with your life, just like us. We are Tia, Tristan, Mika, and Julie, and we are obsessed with humans on the verge of change. Hi, I'm Tristan, and I'm obsessed with your emotional well-being. Tamara Johnson, Sheely, you're here. T and I are so excited to meet you in person-ish, if you will. I mean, we're just honored that you're here and your story and your tenacity, resilience, innovation, and just your determination to change the world makes our hearts melt for sure. So thank you for being here. Good morning, ladies. Thank you for having me. You guys are so pretty this morning. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. We start off our episodes with asking all of our guests, what are you obsessed with? Oh, wow. I am obsessed with building bridges, building bridges and figuring out how we get beyond our boundaries and things that divide us. I I am obsessed with with that. And I love people. So I want to see us get it right. So that's what I'm obsessed with. Tamara Johnson, Sheely. I mean, quite honestly, first we need to know your backstory and understand who is this person that is so determined to build bridges and get it right this time around? Because it seems like no one has been getting it right as of late as a collective nation. It just, this world feels so tumultuous and we need somebody like you to be the linchpin that brings us together. Yeah. I come from the beauty and barber industry. I actually did services. I was a nail technician for 18 years. Of those 18 years, 10 of those years, I actually owned my own nail salon. And when I tell you, I love people. I love people. I love And I know both of you surely get your nails done somewhere or you've had them done before. (laughs) And it's, it's such an intimate relationship when you touch people, when you are taking care of them in such a way that you've allowed me into your space, into your world. And these relationships that you have with the person that does your hair, that, that, you know, do intimate services like I did, like nails, we're a part of you and we're a part of each other. So I, I really, I love people. And there was nothing I didn't hear in that environment. You know, people tend to tell everything when you're that close to them. So it's nothing that I haven't heard in those 18 years of providing services. And what took me into this political space was watching my industry. When I came into this industry, the reason I got into this industry is because I was in the banking industry prior. That's where I came out of high school, into the banking industry. 
And when I was robbed twice in the banking industry, I realized I needed to do something else and I wanted to do something that I enjoyed. So that's when I came into the beauty and barber world and started doing nails. But when I started watching my industry where professionals who I knew were making excellent money, when I started to see them get second jobs, I didn't understand. And then I, you know, I saw our business kind of you know, take this dive and I wasn't sure what it was. So I started watching my industry politically because I knew it wasn't us those of us who provided services, I'm like, we're still doing great work. You know, we're still professionals. Like we're still, still doing great work. Where's the money in our industry? What's happening? And I started looking at our industry, uh, going to our state board meetings, which led me to a big national organization, picking me up and, and taking me to Washington with them twice. And then that's when I got bitten politically. Like that's when I got some bug from politics. And that took me into this I don't know. I feel like I'm in this hole <laughs> that I will never get out of. And this, and, and it's all political. So it started from the beauty and barber industry. That's where it began. Making that change from the beauty and barber industry into politics, that couldn't have been an easy transition or a very smooth one. How did you navigate that time of your life? And how does it shape you into the politician you are today? Oh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't easy because the two things that we're taught is two things you don't talk about. It's politics and religion. <laughs> so those are the two conversations that they steer you away from. So and, and then getting my industry to see that what was happening to us was very political, was like talking in a foreign language that they didn't understand. And you got to understand this is an industry of artists. You know, we we're creative people. We're usually the ones that are outside of the box. You know, we're not politicals. And trying to get my industry to see that there was something political happening to us was extremely difficult. And I'm 10 years into that. And I'll tell you more about that as well. But I started two organizations that address our industry politically that I still lead to this day. And even to this day, getting our industry to be politically engaged is still a challenge. So, yes, Tia, it, it, it was a challenge and it is a challenge. So it just, as I'm processing your story, you're a nail tech, you're a business owner, just minding your own <laughs> yes. business, if yes. you know, minding your business and you recognized a real deficit in the industry, in your community. What is that mindset? I mean, most people don't run for United States Senate just because they see a deficit in their business or their community. What is that mindset that you had that makes you so much different than every other Tom, Dick, and Harry, if you will? Because I want to be you. You know, I champion causes. I feel like I have a very open mind. I'm passionate about things, but I'm not running for U.S. Senate, although I may after I talk to you. <laughs> so there was there's some middle ground here. Let me continue the story. So after watching my industry politically, I started paying attention to my local politics, you know, county. I started paying attention to state politics. I started paying attention to national politics. I started seeing that not only was politics in my industry, but the air we breathe, the water we drink, the communities we live in, everything is political. And this is where it was like my aha moment that everything is political. So as I started to, to advocate for my industry, it took me to the state capitol here in Georgia. And I started, like I said, paying attention to the local issues. And then we were having some, some serious local issues that I didn't even know about that was dividing, you know, 
the community. There was these cityhood initiatives where parts of Georgia that weren't incorporated, they wanted to create these cities and being become incorporated. They were the dividing neighborhoods to, to create these cities. It was just a mess here. And I didn't, I didn't know it until I started watching local politics. So as I started to navigate my industry, like I said, it, it made me pay attention locally. And then that's when I said, you know what? I'm going to run for state senate. So I ran for state senate in 2014, came out of the gate, no-name candidate against a staunch Republican who was, was a tyrant and who was totally like dividing the district that we lived in. So I ran for the state senate in 2014, no-name candidate, no money, but knew I wanted to serve not only help my industry, but help the district where I live, 37% against this man. When he was a staunch Republican and Republicans couldn't get more than 20 some odd percent against him. So I'm like, wait a minute, I might know more than I think I know. So I ran again in 2016 against this man, got 43.8%. I'm like, okay, I'm about 7% away. We're going to take this race in 2018. Ran in 2018. And that's when I saw politics internally and in a way that broke my heart, broke my spirit. That was a time politically where I saw politics in a way that I wish I hadn't, but I did. And I'll stop there. I think, I'll, you know, this story can go down, go many in many directions. So I don't want to go too far off the path that you'd like to keep us on. Okay. So this really was, so understanding that really this is your path to your ikigai or the reason why you wake every morning. Ikigai is a Japanese term that infuses your passion, your purpose. I'm not saying you're monetizing it. Of course, you're not at this point. Um, but it really is the reason you wake every morning. And how do you navigate all those naysayers, if you will, and negativity or people in your family? Like, How do you garner support when you're making such a big pivot in your life, something that really speaks from your soul? How do you navigate that? And because politics per se is so messy too. I can't imagine that you've kind of skated free in terms of the negative bashing that we often see. No, I didn't. And how do I navigate it? I pray. I stay in constant prayer. I stay, uh, I have my blinders on. I'm extremely focused. My bachelor's degree is in computer information systems. So I was coding. And so with that, it requires a level of concentration and even when I did nails, I focused. So it's like I'm I'm that is who I am. So I when I'm when I'm committed to something, I give it everything. No matter what's going on around me, you know, I give it, I give it everything. So yeah, it, it has not been not been easy. I didn't come from a political family. I didn't come from, I didn't even, you know, I wasn't into politics at all <laughs> prior to me, you know, getting into it based on my from my industry. But yeah, I just I just stay focused and I pray. And that's really my only answer, because this is a um, this is a game where honestly, every night when I shower, it's like I'm trying to wash this off of me. Like, how do I get this off of me? Because this is not who I am internally. So it's like I don't want to be, you know, I'm like when I cleanse, I'm like, I'm really trying to get this off of me because politics is not a, it's, it is a dirty game. It's an ugly game. It's brutal. And, I, you know, I've been in battles with this. But I just keep going because I know it's the right thing to do. I love that you bring that up because I was actually just thinking, like, how do you keep your identity rooted in who you are at your core instead of taking on just these new labels and these new titles? 
um, how have you brought who Tamara is today, yesterday, and tomorrow and bridge that gap within yourself? Yeah, every day I have to look at myself in the mirror, Tia, every day. And one thing I will never compromise is me. I'm not going to, I'm going to give and I'm going I'm to I'm bend but I'm never going to compromise who I am and who I am at my core for nothing and nobody. So that is how I'm able to do this and stay true to me because I'm committed to being true to me. And I mean, I just think that the path is being paved not only by you, but Vice President Harris and other strong women Black women, I remember reading something, at least in the 2020 election, that Black women had become the backbone of democracy. And there are so many voices that have gone unheard for so long. Your voice just is electrifying, giving me goosebumps in terms of, you know, as we had chatted about earlier, you just came out of nowhere and look at where you are. So what is next for you? What is next on the horizon? And if you could wave a magic wand, what is the one thing you would change in terms of the climate here in the United States? I want to see us get it right. When I didn't win in 2018, God had to settle me and I went back to school. I got accepted to Emory Law and I now hold a master's, a Juris Master's in Law from Emory. That degree gave me an overview of many areas of the law. And that's, that was my intent. I didn't want to get a JD because I don't want to argue court cases in a courtroom, but I do want to be able to write policy. And I want to know enough to kind of navigate these different spaces. And that's what that law degree has, has given me. Got back on the campaign trail in 2020. And I'm, I am going to answer your question, Coach Hughes. Got back on the campaign trail in 2020, uh, ran in a special election here in Georgia, came in sixth place out of 21 candidates with a grassroots campaign. And I call us the first place grassroots candidate because the five ahead of us had millions and or influence. So to come in sixth place out of 21 candidates with a message, I talk, um, part of my agenda is reparations and how do we repair the damage of a people in this country that built this nation. Moving into this 2022 election, you know, and to answer your question, Coach Drews, I want to see us, get this right in such a way that foundational white America, who's angry, who's angry at their core, foundational white America and foundational black America, who is hurting, hurting at their core. There's some synergy there. And I know this is a a strange um, contradiction of a slogan that I'm getting ready to tell you, but one of my slogans is reparations will make America great because I see that there is an opportunity for us to get it right in this nation. And it, it has to start with those, with those of us who are foundational, those who are core, you know, foundational white Americans and foundational black Americans, those who are descendants of chattel slavery. There is some, there's a reckoning that needs to happen. And when this reckoning happens in this country, we're going to be able to be the great nation that we're supposed to be. But it has to happen in a way where we can heal these wounds because we are a wounded nation. We were built on hurt and hurting each other. And we're going to get this right. But we have to have this reckoning right here and right now. I just love that you focus on how can we come together rather than how are we different? 
and finding that common ground where we can get it right. Because I don't, I haven't heard many people in the political realm speak like that. And I just think what you're doing is amazing. And I can't wait to see where this goes because you've already come so far from your very first election. Like it's only going to keep going farther for you. And I'm, I'm so excited for that. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited too, Tia. I'm excited that, you know, we can do this work and we have vision. Like there's vision. We know that it's going to be hard right here, right now, but then there's vision for a better tomorrow. So that excites me, Tia. Wow. And how do you prepare yourself mentally, energetically to jump from one election and just immerse your mind, body, and soul into this 2022 election? That's what Coach Jules, I wasn't prepared. <laughs> I just, I'm being obedient. And when I say that, you know, it's, it's, this is a spiritual journey for me. I am totally being obedient to the calling on my life. I'm going to tell you, there's some days I'm like, oh, <laughs> just that's the human side of me. Like, oh, not, you know, I, I know I can't fight it, but I do allow myself to have those moments where I'm like feeling away. And if I feel a way, like some days I'll just stop and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stop. I'm going to go have lunch and I'm going to come back and I'm going to be better. But I have to pull, sometimes just pull myself out of the moment of this reality that I live in and just give myself an opportunity to feel and be okay with, I know this is bigger than me. And here's where I find my solace is that it's bigger than me. I did not choose this. So I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to fix it. I just have to walk it out. And that's what I do every single day. So this this particular run, I have committed myself to saying I'm not running, I'm walking. And that makes me feel, it calms me. It helps me to go through this journey where, you know, I'm going into some very conservative spaces and Republican spaces, having conversations with people that don't like me because of the color of my skin. But I'm leaving there with people thinking about what I said. So this is not easy work. <laughs> this is not easy work. I actually have, I'm not sure if you know who Rachelle Zola is, but she's the white woman up in Chicago that went on a hunger strike for 40 days for reparations, a white woman. And she and she's coming to Georgia and we're gonna, gonna have these hard conversations where I'm having them in black spaces and white spaces. She's gonna do the same here alongside me. So to see how we do this work, I think is gonna set the tone for us to really move this nation forward. So that excites me. I'm just, I know that we can, we can get this right. So that speaks to the importance of educating black, white, whatever the color, wherever you're from, whatever the demographic, educating and understanding the power of your vote, because people take for granted what we have here in the United States. And so powerful. We want to support you we want to know, first of all, do you have advice for people perhaps that are so moved that want to make a difference, want to make an impact? What is the first step in doing this? If they're a nail tech or you know, an insurance salesperson or a coach, if you will? <laughs> you just jump in. I think there's no formula to any of this. I think you just jump in. And you just jump in where you feel like you fit in. Or if you don't see where you fit in, you create space. You create the space. Like all of us have a voice. Social media has totally been our friend. I love this information age that we're in because nobody should be silenced. Everybody has a voice and you matter. 
So if you don't see where there's a space and a place for you, create it. That means there's, there's a bigger opportunity for you. So create that space and that place and watch how many people will jump in and support you. You may be the leader. I love that. Thank you so much for that. Because I think that we can, or at least I know from personally, I can really overcomplicate it, overthink it. And that puts me in, you know, that move, like going nowhere with it, being just paralyzed, being like, I'm feeling overwhelmed. And I feel like you just really simplified it with just go with what feels right for you and just keep moving forward and reminding yourself it's, it's a walk. It's not a run. We're not trying to get there right now. It's just every step forward makes a difference and does matter. It does. It does. And I think if we all just pace ourselves and space ourselves, give you yourself room to grow and learn and just be and be in the moment because that's the joy. They always say the joy is in the journey. And I've realized that as I run these five, this is race number five for me consecutively that, okay, the joy you look at what I, and I look back on 2014 and who I was then. And I look and I see, like, I see my personal growth. I see the, the support has, you know, the, the traction I've gained. And I just, and I look back and I'm like, so that was good. <laughs> that was good stuff. Even though some of that stuff hurt and you went through so much along the way, look back and it, it, it was all good. It was for, and for my good. So yeah, walk, walk every day in it, be authentically who you are and just let it, just let it happen because it will, whatever's supposed to be, will be, and it will happen. And I don't, I didn't anticipate running for the U.S. Senate. I didn't see that when I first started out. Like I did not see that, but I realized that God had a greater plan. And when I didn't win in 2018, when it broke my heart, it didn't break my spirit. It broke my heart, but it didn't break my spirit. So for me to go back to school, get back on the campaign trail in 2020, now back on the campaign trail in 2022, God's plan is greater than mine. So I'm excited to see what's on the other side of it. But whatever it is, it'll still be for my good. And I'm okay with that. Well, you certainly have inspired us today. And just your ability to build bridges, to share your story. We have no doubt that 2022 is going to be your year. Thank you so much. And we are obsessed with you and everything you represent. So thank you. Thank you, ladies. And I love you guys. Thank you. <laughs> Tamara's vision, mission, and heart-centered approach to life is inspiring. Going from being a nail tech for 18 years, owner of the salon for 10 years, to now running for 2022 candidate for the U.S. Senate representing Georgia is a huge leap and a huge change to make in your life. Her resilience is inspiring and her spirit is amazing. I love that she stated, it broke my heart, but not my spirit. Failures, mistakes, losses are not the end of the road for any of us. It's up to us to listen to our inner calling and keep moving forward when we know that is what we're supposed to do. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Obsessed Podcast. Let us know what you thought. Let us know how we can better serve you. Please reach out to, to us on Instagram, crown underscore compass girls, and let us know how we can show up for you better each day. Until next time, get obsessed with your life.